Hello, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Out of Bounds. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. Joining me, we have Dalton Bishop. Hey. And Christian Ernst. What is up? It's been a very exciting week. You know, NFL just started this previous weekend. They've got another exciting week ahead of us. But before we uh, dive into the NFL, we want to start over on the college side. Not with any key games or anything, but there was some exciting football. And I definitely encourage you to check some out this weekend. Anyway, but uh, first news of the day, the Big 12 Conference, which if you're familiar, if you followed us or just followed sports in general, you know that a couple months ago, Texas and Oklahoma announced they were leaving the Big 12 to go to the SEC. Big 12, of course, needs more teams to fill that void, and it's a large void in terms of both money and the market that Texas-Oklahoma brought to the conference. So they're adding Cincinnati, they're adding Brigham Young University, a.k.a. BYU, they're adding Houston, and they're adding Central Florida, a.k.a. UCF. I like those. It's a weird four. And I knew that when the Big 12 was losing those schools, Texas, Oklahoma, I knew Houston would be one of the first calls because, you know, it's located in Texas. There's schools in the conference. It fits geographically. It makes a lot of sense there. Since the BYU, that's a weird dynamic. You got BYU's located our way on Utah. You have Cincinnati, which is Ohio. West Virginia is even further east. Geography doesn't make, make sense in that conference. Um, but, you know, you're adding you, – Cincinnati was the best group of five team last year in college football. BYU's been independent for about ten years now. They're looking to join a conference. Houston men's basketball is in the Final Four just this past year. So you're adding a very good basketball school. And then UCF, you know, they've had their highs, especially lately with college football. And uh, basketball, you know, they can maybe reach potential in the near future. So, overall, it's going to be an interesting fit to see how these four teams get that elevated look and going forward. So, that's just my take. I'm excited to see. And also, 2023 is the uh, target at addition date for those schools. And if you remember, Texas, Oklahoma potentially won't be leaving until 2025. So, you get a little bit of overlap, which could make for a very interesting uh, conference in a few years. I'll go swing over to Dalton now. Just uh, your thoughts on the addition of these four schools to the historic Big 12 Conference. Yeah, um, some of them make sense, obviously. But, um, like, I don't know. Like, BYU seems like a trip. Like, that was going to be that's a long ways away um, from, like, all the other teams. Uh, Cincinnati's not as bad. But, um, yeah, I mean – I think it's, I think it's nice that they're actually gonna have twelve teams. <laughs> you know that it's actually like meet up, like it'll be their, be like the name of the conference this year. But yeah, I don't really have that that much else on it. Yeah, I'm just excited to see how you know Gonzaga in basketball plays in the West Coast Conference where BYU was playing for basketball, and they're gonna lose a little bit of a. Like, that was, like, their second-best team in that conference. So, it's going to be a little interesting on the subtraction side. But then the American also was a little bit falling apart. Christian, your uh, takeaway as the Big 12 tries to regain some semblance of, of a uh, power conference. Um, I think this is the, you know, a move in the right direction. You know, when you look at the conferences as a whole, um, you know, we're all agree- in agreement that the SEC is the best school, and it will be uh, full of dominant – you know, uh, history teams like Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma, 
Uh, Florida, Auburn have been you know up there. Um, Ole Miss has always been a good team. Tennessee, you know, maybe not in recent memory, but especially history-wise, a lot of the SEC SEC teams have been great. Um, you know, a lot of attention on the Big Ten. Pac-12 is doing really good this year. ACC is always, you know, it's got some, uh, you know, underdogs in it. But the Big 12, they knew they had to get better group of six schools to come and uh, become a power five. You know, I'm in agreement. Houston, you know, is a really good school. Uh, really nice program. Like, you know, like you said, Spencer, great basketball school. They were in the final four last year. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, them and Memphis were always in the top uh, in the uh, American Conference, the AAC. You know, you got UCF, you know, back a couple of years ago, they were undefeated with uh, Nebraska, you know, now Nebraska head coach Scott Frost. Uh, he was a head coach then. And now Gus Malzahn, who's a former SEC head coach type. So he uh, is going to hopefully stay there once they transition into the Big 12. And then uh, BYU, which is, you know, making some noise. They defeated Utah last week. Uh you know, Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick of the NFL draft, came from that school, made them uh, relevant in some way. So I think, you know, with that, with those additions, are they going to be the best conference in football? Probably not, especially when you play big competition. You know, the coaches are going to have a little bit of fire up their butts now because they're playing big boy. Like these are, these games are meaningful. Uh, in the in you know the Power Five, so you know they're all going to be great additions, and hopefully, uh, one of them can be possible Big Twelve champion uh, in the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, and one other last thing of note with the Big Twelve is like we said, Houston was in the Final Four last year. Baylor won the entire thing last year from the Big Twelve conference, so they have the reigning men's basketball champion in their conference. So. Big 12 is definitely not a slouch in basketball. It's going to be interesting going forward. Um, other thing in college sports, after just two games this year, USC has decided to move on from head coach Clay Helton. He had been with USC in some capacity since 2010, uh, served as interim head coach in 2013, and again in 2015 he was interim head coach for that season, and then he ended up getting the permanent gig. Led to a Rose Bowl victory in 2016 under the backs of Sam Darnold. But it's just been a shaky year. I mean, last year with the COVID year, they started off – they only played six games. They went 5-0 in the conference in the regular season. And then the Pac-12 title game, they ended up losing that game. And then they ended up having to opt out of a bowl game because of COVID protocol issues. But so last year, notwithstanding, he just had been on a downward trajectory – for Clay Held, and it seemed like it was only a matter of when, not if, he was going to get fired. It's a little interesting that they did this early in the season, but they obviously saw something. And Dante Williams, who was serving as an assistant head coach, passing game coordinator, and a cornerback's head coach or assistant coach, he will be the interim head coach going forward for the Trojans. And USC has can basically have their pick of anyone they want because of you know the prestigeness of the university prime location in Southern California. And they're not like they won a championship this century in like early 22,000. They had Pete Carroll 
there was a report from Schefter that Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs' offensive coordinator, could be interested in that job, uh, despite it being a college job and him looking for NFL head coaching gigs. He could be a name to watch. So that's just something to watch. That job is going to be very coveted. And I think USC could get their pick of literally whoever they wanted to in this situation. Uh, Christian, your thoughts on the uh, Clay Helton situation, USC's state of the football program going forward? You know, USC in the last several years, um, you know, are they a good school? Absolutely. You know, the history there, uh, you know, it can definitely, you know, for even with recruiting, you know, Everybody, if you get an offer from USC, you're going to a legendary, uh, you're going to a, a legendary uh, school, you know, who's won national championships. That's done everything that you can possibly think of. Um, you know, and in the recent years, you know, it hasn't been as strong. You know, Clay Hilton, you know, coached from, you know, he's been there since 2013. All the way up. So for eight seasons, he has had control of his team. And yes, he's been good, but not USC good. Uh, when you're at USC, when you're at Texas, when you're at Alabama, when you're at Oklahoma, some of these big name schools, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, you've got to be good, yes, but you've got to be great in some years. And for USC, um, From my recent memory, I don't think they finished in the top 15 of mostly every year since the playoff has begun. Possibly uh, Sam Donald second to last year before he went to the NFL draft. But no playoff appearances, um, no big bowl victories. They had the Rose Bowl in 2016, though. Oh, that was the year. That's the Sam Donald year. So, okay, yeah. besides that, one good Rose Bowl year, I think that was against Penn State, if I'm not. Yeah, that was a very good game, from what I recall. It was a very good game. I do remember that. So, besides that one year, what's USC been? Uh, six and six, eight and four. Like, if you're, if you're any other school in the country, that's a good year. You're going to a bowl game. You're, you know, you're fighting and representing your school. But USC – they don't want to be in the Music City Bowl. They don't want to be in the uh, Car Care Bowl. They want to be in the Rose Bowl, in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, in a national championship game. If they're not in those games, if they're in the big games, Clay's not going to be staying for long. Nobody will. So um, with Dante Williams being the uh, interim coach, you know, I don't think he'll stay there you know, for, you know, after next season. Possibly a position coach, but de- probably not the head coach. Um, so you're hearing Urban Meyer, you're hearing PJ Fleck, you're hearing James Franklin, all these great names. And USC, obviously, people are going to pick up the phone for them. So I think it's going to be really interesting, uh, you know, the hiring process. And USC is going to get the best of the best. Yeah, the Pac shows a very winnable conference. Like Oregon this year, I think is very good. I think they are like the front runners at this moment in time. And UCLA's even having a good USC's big rival. UCLA's having a good year. But you know, going forward, if they can nail this higher, going like at the end of the year, when they if they go out and they nail this higher, I could see USC being back in the conference title game again and maybe being be the Rose Bowl in that conversation going forward. Dalton, your reaction to the uh, news yesterday about Clay Helen being. Can over at Southern Cal. 
Um, it doesn't surprise me. Um, actually, I was kind of surprised at first because this record it's like above five hundred into the seven hundreds, but I mean, this when I first looked at it closely, I was like, they played Stanford, he got blown out, and then shortly after that, he got fired. Hmm. Why do I feel like this has something to do with rivalry and like being in California? You have UCLA and Stanford, and you know you're supposed to you're supposed to dominate those 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 rivalries. Like that's like that, that's supposed that's what you're supposed to do. Um, like we've had some storied coaches come through USC. Uh, in Stanford, like Pete Carroll was at USC for a while. He won a national title. Like that's the standard that they have, right? Yeah. Um. So I was looking at more. Clo- I was looking at it closely, and this guy was the head coach in 2015, right? And I think this is this is when this is when this da- the the uh, downfall really really started. So in 2015, these fellas. Well, let's see. They made it. They were playing Stanford in the Pac-12 championship game. And Stanford beat them on the main stage. I think that's where it just went down from there. Like, they, Stanford has had USC's number since then. And it's, like, this was a judgment call from the AD's office. And the president, like, we cannot have these guys keep beating us. Um, I hope they hire Eric Bieniemy. That's just my take uh, for, like, just off to the side. I hope they hire him because I know he's, like, in the running, apparently, per Adam Schefter. But, uh, yeah, I mean, his regular season record is good. By the way, uh, going back to his uh, his years, like when he was coaching, like his record, uh, he had two back-to-back good years. And they were both, I think it was 10 and 11 uh, win seasons. And that was like right around when Sam Darnold was playing. Well, excuse me. So 2015, he went 9 and 5, or 5 and 4 in nine games. Yeah, that was the year that Sark got fired. Yeah. So 2016, uh, 10 and 3. 2017, 11 and 3. And then he drops off to 5 and 7 and 12 in 12 games. And then 2019, 8 and 5. And then 2016, and then uh, 2020 was the COVID year, right? And they only played six games. They went 5 and 1. So people wonder what could have happened there. But so, like, he's not a bad coach. It's just that his standards are probably not meeting what USC's are, like Christian alluded to earlier. But uh, I'm sure he'll find another coaching job somewhere else. Yeah, I think Clay Hill and his resume speaks for itself. I mean, again, it's USC. He has shown a win there. Uh, I was listening to Cowherd. He has a podcast. I was listening to his podcast yesterday. And he said that people close to USC have told him that, like, Helton's biggest downfall was development. Like, the guys just never developed under him. And, you know, that's a big, big part of college athletics is the development stage of the game. Uh, like I said, Clay Helton, his record speaks for itself, I think. He has shown that he can win the Pac-12, make a Rose Bowl. 
I'll find a gig somewhere at the end of the year. Because, I mean, look, Lane Kiffin was there at one point. Sarkeesian found his ground after going to Alabama and even staying in the NFL. Like, he'll get, he'll find his ground somewhere. Because the guy's only 49 years old, which is still fairly young in a coaching career. Um, switch over to baseball. Earlier today, um, a guy that we all kind of grew up with, um, Ryan Brom. He played for the Milwaukee Brewers from 2007 to 2020. Um, of course, his career is a little bit um, – uh, there's a little bit of a cloud over his career because of the biogenesis thing in the early 2010s. Uh, tested positive for – or yeah, he felt a testosterone test, used performance-enhancing drugs. Um, so that kind of cloud his career. But nonetheless, he still had a fantastic career for the most part. Six-time All-Star, one MVP in 2011. But like I said, the MVP, you can – if you want to do that asterisk or whatever, say you cheated, uh, you can do that. I'm not going to because I think his numbers still speak for itself. Rookie of the year in 07, five-time Silver Slugger, home run leader in 2012. Like, again, his career was on the downswing. Um, he was not signed at all this year, last playing last year. His numbers had taken a little bit of a dip. Nonetheless, still one of the, um, you know, premier baseball players for the last, you know, decade plus or so. And, I mean, he had that close friendship. I remember Aaron Rodgers, there was that, I remember that quote Aaron Rodgers said, I'll bet my salary that he didn't do, he wasn't using drugs, force enhancers. Don't know whatever happened with that because it got proven that he was using it. Um, and he got suspended for half a season, like the rest of his season at one point. But still, I mean, you know, happy retirement. He is 37. Hopefully he's got a long retirement ahead of him and maybe he gets back to baseball. Maybe he pursues other avenues. Anyway, best of luck to him as he, um, you know, figures out the next stage of his life. I'll go Dalton first. Uh, your reaction earlier to the news of Ryan Braun's retirement from baseball. I wasn't surprised. I hadn't heard about him in a long, long time. Um, back when we were kids, like little kids, did I even hear his name come up? And when we were, when we would talk about baseball, um, I'm not gonna overstep here, Spence, because you yeah. said pretty much everything I was thinking. Um, you know, his stats will speak for itself when he when he gets ballots for the Hall of Fame. Um, I think he might be able to get in just based off stats, but it definitely won't be first ballot. Yeah. Christian, any, uh, new, anything you have to say on the uh, subject of Ryan Braun's retirement? Uh, I mean, nothing much. Uh, you know, just hope he has a good retirement. Um, you know, I, it, it is a touchy subject when you say, does this player belong in the hall of fame? Um, without the field issues. You know, we've seen a lot of people do have out the field issues, yet they, you know, their playing time overcame, uh, you know, what they did on the field or turf or whatever was was greater than what they've done off the field. Um, but, I mean, we, we talk about P. Rose, you know, a lot. He's, you know, controversy, you know, he's a controversy in himself. But – you know, he's banned from the MLB. Who knows if he's ever going to have uh, a place in the Hall of Fame. You know, with with Brian, I think he could. But, again, you know, you got to play – got to be like, okay, if we put him in the Hall of Fame, we know we're going to have conversation about Pete Rose because the drugs and everything. 
you know, especially for the time, yes, you can't bet on your you bet on yourself or your team. But now with the new NIL rules and all this stuff, I know NIL is different from pro sports. I get that. But the whole new changing about, um, you know, betting freely, you know, states are allowed, you know, are making it legal now. So there's a whole bunch of stuff changing and a whole bunch of minds changing. So hopefully he gets in the Hall of Fame as a player. Let's see if he does, you know, with the stuff off the field. Yeah, definitely be something to monitor. Um, also with baseball, you know, regular season is winding down. Um, as of today's recording, we have only one team has officially clinched a playoff berth. And it's a team that we probably, like, preseason, when we, we didn't really do a whole preseason preview, but it wasn't a team that was, like, on my radar as a team that would make the playoffs necessarily. And it's a team out in the NL West. You know, we all thought, you know, Dodgers, the Padres, those teams are loaded up on the roster. And then San Francisco just has, like, really good chemistry and really good team dynamic. The San Francisco Giants are the first team to clinch a playoff spot. They're 94 and 50 right now. The LA Dodgers are only two and a half games back. So the Dodgers should clinch a playoff spot in the next day or two, more than likely. So, you know, congratulations to San Francisco Giants. Uh, you know, obviously they made that move for Chris Bryant, the trade deadline. They're playing a red hot baseball right now. It's going to be a very fun team just because, you know, San Francisco, it's that weird, like every other year they were having for a bit, like early 2010s, you know. The even years were their year. The odd years weren't. It's an odd year this year, and they're doing really well. So, I'm happy to see that. Dolan, anything you want to say about San Francisco being the only team so far to clinch a playoff spot? Yeah, I mean, they're playing great baseball right now, obviously. Um, yeah, they. I mean, it, Spence, them always, like, being good, it comes out of left field, like, pun intended. I don't – I was going to say that. I don't care. <laughs> Um, but like we never know when the Giants are gonna be good. It's it's always just random, out of nowhere. Um, like oh, well they actually have a good team this year. Like they actually might have a chance to win the World Series. Uh, well, so and so, so and so. Um, I don't have anything else on that. Yeah. Uh, Chris, anything you have to say about the San Francisco Giants being the first team in the playoffs? Officially, um, I mean, yeah, kind of like what both you alluded to. I mean, San Francisco, uh, we always know they're a great franchise. You know, they're uh, it was at one point that they won a World Series every other year. I think that was like the early 2010s. Yeah. Um, so San Fran, you know, they had a little, you know, hit a little slump uh, towards the later uh, 2010 years and. 2020 was good, but not, you know, of course, this dominant. But, uh, yeah, I did not think San Francisco was going to be uh, not only the lead of the National League, but uh, also in the playoffs. I had no idea. You know, we're looking at, um, you know, we're looking at the league standings now, just seeing where everybody's at. And, I mean, we've kind of touched on it. San Fran and Los Angeles are – the top teams right now. Um, you know, we got Milwaukee, we got Atlanta, we got Cincy, you know, Padres are still really good. They're just behind Cincinnati. Um, you got a lot of good teams in, uh, in the NL this year. And I would say San Fran, LA, 
know, they're probably going to be the top dogs going into the playoffs uh, with Milwaukee possibly making a um, possibly, you know, intervening in that's in that uh, uh, in the wild card games or in the playoff games. So, you know, congratulations to San Fran. Uh, I would not say they are my favorites to go win the World Series. We'll get to that as we uh, in the next couple of weeks. But San Fran being in the playoffs, congrats. Yeah, it's always fun seeing them. Uh, Christian, real quick, while we're on the NL, your Cincinnati Reds are currently in the second spot, a half game ahead of the Padres and the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, the Dodgers are basically running away with that uh, raw card host- hosting spot there. It's going to be one of them or San Francisco. But, uh, Chris, do you like their chance with the Reds making the playoffs? Because it's, it's going to be a very close race to the end. It's tough because of this. We hit a slump uh, in, in late August – early uh, early September. There were – I think it started – man, I'm trying to remember the date. I think it was probably back in – ooh, maybe – it was probably mid-August when we lost to Miami. We got swept by the Marlins. And, you know, we had a tough series there. Uh, Cardinals was not fun. Uh, Tigers, we lost that. You know, lost that series, lost the Cup series, lost the Cardinals series this past. Uh, this past going on, we're playing Pittsburgh now, and it's not looking good. Six to two, uh, six to four, excuse me. Um, so with Cincinnati, like, do I want do I want them to go into the playoffs? Yes, but San Diego's also been hitting a draft spell sometimes, some nights, and so hopefully we can go in there, but. I trust San Diego could uh, get a little burst going towards the uh, the later games, you know, in these last couple of weeks. So I'm um, I'm excited, but I'm also nervous as hell because I don't know what Cincinnati is going to do. So. Yeah, definitely going to be something to monitor down the stretch. Over on the AL side, you have basically the AL East. You have three teams fighting. I mean, they're still the Mariners two games back right now, and they're playing the Red Sox in a series as we speak. Uh, but right now, Dalton, your Blue Jays, first place in the wild card spot, a game ahead of the Yankees. The Yankees and Red Sox tied, but the uh, percentage point goes to the Yankees there in that edge. So it's going to be a, basically – it seems like those three teams will have a battle to end the season. But, Dalton, how do you feel about your Blue Jays being in the first wild card spot right now? I feel really good. It's been, it's been, it's been a long time. Uh, coming the entire season, I've been I've been watching closely. And Spence, you know this. I've had my doubts every now and then. You know, um, I've been preaching this, but before the trade line, our pitching was not very good, uh, specifically uh, starting and relief. So I'm glad they took care of that the trade deadline, um, and now they're starting to get hot, man. In the last 17 games, they're 15 and two, um, which is which is good. So. Um, they they just need to keep on the hot streak. Uh, actually, they're currently down two to zero to the Tampa Bay Rays right now, which isn't surprising. I mean, come on, they got like eighty nine wins, so um, they being the Rays. But you know, I just want to get past the Rays series because they're gonna have the Twins. Uh, not not the fifteenth or the but the sixteenth they got an off day, but starting on the seventeenth they start the series with the Twins. So. 
you know, I just want to get past the race series because I know it's it's going to be it's good it's it's it's, it's a, it's a uh, tough one. <laughs> Watching out for the Yankees and the Red Sox. It's going to be a, it's going to be a close finish right to the end. Yeah, I'm hoping we can get that uh, Red Sox and Blue Jays wild card. You know, that one game wild card series. Me and you, maybe go to a, a you know sports bar around town and you know have some wings and just enjoy whoever's going to win that game. Christian, yeah, that'd be cool. Whatever day that is, a few weeks. Yeah, from that'd now. be dope. That'd be dope. I, mean, I don't know, you know, my schedule and everything. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, we'll we'll play it by ear when it gets closer. If that is the indeed matchup, that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, anyway, baseball, you know, a little under a month left in the season. Going to be a very crazy uh, finish, and we'll keep you updated as like anything else goes on. Um, real quick, before we uh, talk about the NFL. News did break earlier. Sean Sharani had tweeted out that uh, the Houston Rockets and point guard John Wall are working towards a trade. They're not going to negotiate a buyout and let him choose whatever he wants because, I mean, Wall is uh, under contract for a lot of money. And they want, I guess, Houston wants something in return for John Wall's services. It's just that contract is a very, it's a very large contract. I mean, maybe you can flip it for some picks to get a TPE, which that would be really insane if that was the case. I don't know what the value is with John Wall. He's still a good point guard, but, you know, injuries has been a concern lately. And, I mean, obviously the fit with Houston. Houston, you know, looking to go younger and uh, develop young guys and, you know, maybe not contend for the near future. But, again, whenever Wall does get traded, we will obviously, you know, come on here, discuss that trade. He's only been with Houston for, you know, a year. kind of sucks that that's the case. But – that's the direction the franchise wants to move and John Wall wants to move. Uh, I'll go Christian first on this. Just your uh, thoughts on the whole John Wall situation in Houston. I mean, he averaged 20.6 points a game this past year and almost seven assists. So he's not terrible. He's definitely a good player, but I think the money's a lot. But, yeah, Christian, take it away. Um, yeah, I think the I think probably one of the main, main reasons why Houston wants to um, – move on from job, you know, yes, the contract uh, is a big deal, but, um, you know, who they drafted. I mean, they drafted, um, man, what was his name? Uh, you know, G really great. Yep. And he's, you know, he is, you know, kind of a guard type player and he is probably going to be the, you know, the face of uh, the franchise uh, going on. So, you know, they're you're going to build this team around Jalen and, you know, and they probably want to have, you know, make Jalen have the ball. So you can't, I mean, with John Wall, you can't really, you know, give Jalen the ball and let him grow in his first NBA season without, you know, getting, uh, you know, a big time player like John Wall out of the picture. So, you know, what they need to do, um, is trade them to like you know a decent team. They got to get something out of John Wall, but I don't know who's going to buy for that, and you know unless it's like a mediocre team, like a Magic or um. I, I don't know Magic just got sports. subs though. Like that doesn't make any sense either. Well, my point is like I, I don't think I don't think a contender would want him. I don't think a contender would give up stuff to get John Wall because you look at the contenders now, um, you got Brooklyn, who obviously have James Harden, Kyrie Irving. 
you have um, you have the Lakers who have Russell Westbrook, and I don't know who their two guard will be, but I don't think that I think that's gonna if they go if he goes to LA, that's gonna screw a lot of stuff up. You got Westbrook, LeBron, AD, John Wall, who all want the ball. That's not going to be a fun time. Uh, Miami, you know, they got Connor Hero and they have Kyle Lowry right now. You know, so in Milwaukee, they got um, you got Drew and and um, I'm forgetting like anybody. I'm forgetting everybody's roster. Yeah, <laughs> Milwaukee doesn't seem like a team. It's like, yeah, let's get John Wall up in here to also take away the ball uh, from Giannis and Drew. So my thing is, like, like maybe a possible contender can be uh, on their radar, but I wouldn't say a big team once John Wall's contract. Yeah. I'm just thinking, like, on the spot right here. I'm not hearing any rumors about this. But them shockwaves through the NBA, if this was to go down, a John Wall for Ben Simmons flip? Oh hell no! That I don't think it, I don't think that happens. But the shockwaves that would go through the NBA if that happened would be electric. I don't again. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't think it will either. Anyway, Dolan, your thoughts on a uh, John Wall and where his NBA future could be? Well, um, I think the Houston Rockets are just making a business decision. They just have to. I mean, obviously, they're in a rebuilding process right now, rebuilding mode, whatever you want to call it. Um, they don't really have any use for them. So, why not trade them away for more assets, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where he's going to go. Uh, at this point, I'm not sure that I that I care to guess. Uh, he's 31, so if I was a team, I would like to use him as a bench player. Um, I would need him healthy. Uh, he has some health concerns um, in recent years. So I would use him as a sixth man, uh, providing a spark. I think Milwaukee would be a good think of a team right off the bat. Um, they have Drew, but I mean, uh, but who's your, who's your starting guard off the bench, you know? Um, that's... There's been maybe a few teams I would really have to think long and hard about it because John Wall's got a spe- very specific skill set. I mean, going back to Kentucky, I I remember watching him and like, he drives to the hoop very very well. He's he's similar to Russ, to be honest with you. Like Russ and John Wall are so similar, it's ridiculous. So um, yeah, I think. I think he does have a place on a contender's team, but it depends on which team it is. Because if they don't use his skill set correctly, it's not going to be a very good deal. Yeah, again, that's going to be something to monitor going forward. Uh, a straight-up trade will not work, apparently, the cap situations. Uh, and I figured it wouldn't. I like, guess the thing, you got to take into accountability the cap situation with John Wall and the outgoing set. So, again, that's going to be – a little difficult, but I think it's not impossible. You've seen deals like this go down in the past. Anyway, uh, that wraps up for other news. Like, like if you followed us last year, what we did, we started with news and notes around the sports league, sports world. We go to an ad break. We'll be back NFL. We have a lot to unpack from a very exciting week one. So don't. 
Welcome back, guys, from our ad break. And uh, we got, you know, like I said, very exciting week one. Um, we're going to do things a little bit different from last year. I'm trying to uh, – I mean, again, we're still uh, toying with how we're going to do this going forward. But I think we're going to start off with, you know, each of us recapping how our favorite teams did week one of the NFL season. Uh, then we're going to go to, like, some, you know, super, superlatives, you know, best game we saw, you know, biggest surprise in the week, you know, some guys that, you know, we thought – we're kind of a little overrated, a little underrated. It's going to be a very in-depth. If you have any ideas for what we should do going forward, you know, feel free to, you know, DM us on Twitter, text us. We have our number. We're always looking for feedback. You know, rate Apple review if you want to do that. Um, and now I'll kick off with the week one. You know, the Patriots took on the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, unfortunately, Patriots fell short, 17-16. to 16. Mac Jones, I, th- I, I only watched about three quarters of the game. I had something to do in the evening that I couldn't. Catch the end of the of the game, but nonetheless, again, it's week one. The team, you know, could have been better. Could have got a couple more plays. You know, Damian Harris late in the game, he had twenty five carries or so. He fumbles it with three and a half minutes to go. They were in field goal range. All they needed was a field goal to, to take the lead. You know, it's, it's a mistake that happens. It was unfortunate. Uh, I'm still. I'm not gonna say I'm happy because we still lost the game, but. I did like what I saw from Mac Jones, and I think going forward, you know, it was the right call from Bill, I guess, to name Mac Jones a starter. And, you know, as a rookie, I remember seeing somewhere it was the best completion percentage by in his uh, debut, you know, 29 for 39. So nowhere to go but up, essentially, you would hope. Another uh, big takeaway from the Patriots, at least for me, was a uh, free agent addition Nelson Aguilar. He had five receptions, 72 yards, lone touchdown of the game for the Patriots. So I'm excited to see what Aguilar can do going forward. Um, you know, I guess we're going to stick with losses first and then donk and gloat at the end of it. Uh, Christian, Appreciate I know you don't want to talk about it probably, but, uh, you know, I'll just defer to you, your thoughts on uh, the Packers game. Now, uh, due to, you know, uh, work and everything, I was not able to – watch uh new orleans green bay uh you know for a, even a minute so at one point i saw 17 to 3 i was like okay we're struggling but maybe in the second half we'll do better um no that was not the case it was 38 to 3 final score and i'm like what the hell happened uh watching highlights and just kind of watching what was going on the defense did okay in moments uh James Winston threw five touchdowns he only threw a buck 40 um a lot of it was short passes a lot of it you know um Juwan Johnson who had two of the touchdowns he he had three catches for 21 yards and his longest reception was 12 the longest uh pass that Green Bay gave up was against Deontay Harris for 55 yards and a touchdown. Like, that was the longest play Green Bay's defense has given up. You know, other than that, it's, you know, 14, 12, 10, running the ball. 15 was the longest. So, yes, did the defense give up yards, but they did pretty well handling Jameis for the most part, uh, besides the five touchdowns, of course. But, again, that's just when you're in the red zone, uh, and turning the football over twice in decent uh, field position, that's what's going to kill you. It looked like, to me, Aaron did not care. 
it looked like to me that Aaron Rodgers could not give two craps about getting this team together. I think he cared in the first half, and he was kind of like, screw it after the second interception. My thing is this. I think Green Bay is a good team. We did not run the ball as much as, much as we wanted. We only ran it 15 times, which is not even half of what New Orleans ran it for, which was 39. But yet, we just kind of gave up because – we're down by a bunch. We just have to. We just have to throw. They, you know, the only we only targeted Devontae five times, and we only targeted MVS three times. We only had seven. You know, we only targeted like MVS and Devontae. Really, nobody else could get a target or a reception. So New Orleans defense, they did tremendous. Give them credit. Our offense. It just didn't feel like we were there. We have Detroit Monday night, and I'm not, like I'm not worried. I think this I think this uh, conference is winnable. I think you know watching other games and we'll get to them. Um, Green Bay is still the favorite to win the NFC North and get into the playoffs. It's just what happens when we play Tampa Bay. What happens if New Orleans? Which by the way, give Jameis credit. He looked. He looked composed. Uh, he was prepared. I think a lot of people have seen the meme uh, where his trainer, you know, he was talking to his trainer and the trainer said, be prepared. Um, they were prepared. They were ready. They, you know, were set to make uh, make an example because everybody thought up of Jameis Winston, who threw 30, 30 interceptions his last year as a starter. He's coming back with New Orleans. They're not going to be as good. They stepped up, and now people are thinking, okay, New Orleans may actually give Tampa and maybe Carolina a run for the money for the division. Yeah, it's going to be a very – again, it's week one. Don't overreact too much. Definitely, like you said, Aaron appears checked out at times. Uh, Dalton, I mean, congratulations. Your team's the only one that won a game this week of the three of us. So, take it away. Your thoughts on night football – uh, Rams, Bears. Gotcha. Uh, and I just want to throw this out there first. Um, I'm not sure why the Bears and the Rams got put in the primetime spot, other than the stadium. That like that's that's it. Like that. I was. I thought about the matchup. I was like, uh, for the past. Oh, I don't know. Let's see. Two years, they have beaten them handily um the last time the bears beat us was in 2018 and chicago so i mean we had the home field advantage every time we play them um including last night my defense has not let them score they've scored an average of uh, about 10 points uh i learned last night that even though we lost John Johnson and Troy Hill, both on the defensive side, that didn't matter. It did not matter at all. David Long Jr., the cornerback from Michigan that we drafted a few years ago, he stepped up and had an interception off a tip last night. Uh, You know, Justin Hollins was coming into his own last year. He got two sacks last night. Uh, And Aaron Donald had his own towards the end. 
Um, I think this team is going to be just fine. Uh, I love that Matthew Stafford gives us another, another, uh, some, you know, some nice explosive plays over the top. Um, Van Jefferson's coming into his own as the second receiver or the third receiver, excuse me, behind Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Um, and Deshaun Jackson, gosh, that name sounds familiar, doesn't it, boys? He had a catch or two last night. So I feel like everybody was getting involved. Uh, Tyler Hapey had a 30-yard catch down the sideline. But, um, yeah, this – and I'm, I'm from, from the reports that I heard, like – the the game was pretty much over, and the Rams weren't even, like, thinking about opening up the playbook, like, completely. So if that's only a quarter of what we're getting, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for them to open it completely up. Uh, I'm expecting fireworks next week. Um, so I, I really, really like this team. Uh, I, think it, I think it could have some 2018 vibes, hopefully with a different result. Uh, at the at the uh, very end, but um, this should be an interesting year, and I, I'm I'm ready for it. Yeah, I mean, like we said last week on our uh, preview episode, all of us had the Rams in the conference title game. You two took it a step further, had them not just in the Super Bowl but winning the Super Bowl in their home stadium. So, I mean, we're all pretty high on the Rams, and Stafford, you know, showed off. Uh, we're going to do also do another thing. We have a couple friends of ours. They may listen to this show. They may not. We don't know. We send them a link. If they listen, good. If they don't, so be it. One's a Browns fan. One's a Colts fan. They're both from the respective cities of those teams, so that explains their fandom. Um, the Browns, you know, we, we all we liked it. We all picked them to win the division this year. At one point, they were up 22-10 to 10 in the first half. That was a halftime score. Uh, fourth quarter, you know, it's 29-20, uh, about 10-24. Then, you know, Tyreek Hill, first play of the next drive. It's a 75-yard touchdown pass from Mahomes. And then uh, a few minutes later, Travis Kelsey scoring. Final score being 33-29. Cleveland choked it away. Uh, Cleveland has not won a first week one game since 2003 or 04. I see the like since 04, they're, this record. They had a tie in week one a few years ago with Pittsburgh, I believe it was. So, uh, Cleveland, you know, you choked it away. Indianapolis, you got exposed because Russell Wilson in September is an MVP performance waiting to happen each week for that month. And, of course, he's in uh, in a dome in Indianapolis, and Russell's slinging it all the way to Tyler Lockett. So uh, that's my bit. I'm trolling them this week. Hopefully I can talk positive and, uh, you know, show some love to our friends. Dolan, your thoughts on the Browns and the Colts, you know, help. Uh, what do you have to say to our friends that may or may not be listening to this? Um, I, well, there's only so much you can do when you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. As a Browns fan, you know, you have to, you have to just realize that you're playing against one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Um, it's just one of those things. As for Baker Mayfield, oh gosh, I mean, this is, I don't know why, they got away from running the ball late, as you guys noticed that. Uh, they were letting Baker trying to throw it all over the yard. If Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt is in your backfield and you have a lead, why aren't you running the ball? Run the ball. Run the ball. Eat some clock. 
and hopefully win the game. The worst thing that you want to do is let the crowd at Arrowhead get loud. You turn the ball over. Mahomes is going to go down and score, so you can already die. So you can already add seven points. That's not what you want. Like Arrowhead is one of the toughest places places to play in the entire league. So uh, I have questions about their entire play calling towards the end of the game, and I was watching it in real time. Like I was st- sitting there, and I was like, Mahomes is going to win this game because of A, B, and C. All of those reasons having to do with the Cleveland Browns' deficiencies on offense. Uh, 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 uh. You really hate to see it. Hopefully they win next week, though. Yeah, uh, Christian, you want to say anything to our friends that are Browns and Colts fans for how their team did this past week? Um, well, for one, let's go to uh, Cleveland. Now, my family, my uh, mother's side, is actually Browns fans themselves. And, you know, they were not – were they happy? Absolutely not. Were they upset? Yes, they were crying themselves to sleep. So, Kansas City – in Cleveland, in my opinion, from what I watched, um, these are probably the best two AFC teams right now. Um, you know, we gave hop on on Buffalo. We'll get to them in a minute, but right now, I think Cleveland played a good game, and Kansas City obviously played better. Now, you know, Baker Mayfield, and I said this. I was I was watching the tail end of the game. And I was like, man, Baker Mayfield, he's just not good enough to get his get Cleveland over the hump. And he was pretty good. 30, you know, 21 of 28, 321 yards. He did have an interception, but all four touchdowns were running the ball. With with Chubb, Kareem, uh, Jarvis Landry ran one in. And um, like I said, Nick Chubb had two. So, you know, Cleveland is really good running the ball. But, you know, passing the ball, it's just that he's got a lot of weapons. He's got Njoku. He's got Jarvis. Um, you know, Odell didn't play in the game. You know, we, we saw, and, you know, Baker actually did have a catch somehow. Um, even though it's like it showed up, he has a catch. Don't know when that happened. Um, but he's got good you know, players around him to really um, make a shot. But I just think, you know, little Baker Mayfield won't be able to get a team over the hump. Now, with the Colts, they did not play good at all. <laughs> like, looking at looking at the box score, looking at, you know, the stats, they were not the best team um, on the field. Russell Wilson, I mean, obviously – they had the better quarterback in Russell Wilson. Uh, running the ball was okay. You know, Jonathan Taylor did what he could. Uh, Carson Wentz did fine. But, you know, offensively, they couldn't get a ton of stuff going. Uh, it They made it close in the first half. And then the second half, they really couldn't get anything going. So, you know, Seattle... You know, we all kind of underestimate them. We think they are the third team in the NFC best uh, behind San Fran and L.A. 
But I, th- I think if you're a Colts fan and you're a Browns fan, I understand you, you two want to crap on them. Uh, they look fine. You know, the, you know the, tech, the Titans don't look great. Houston, even though they beat Jacksonville, it's Jacksonville. So I don't know how long they're going to keep this up. The Colts kind of look like they're the best team right now in the AFC South, even though they lost uh, to Seattle. Yeah, I can get behind that. I can totally get behind that because, you know, Jacksonville and uh, – yeah, that Jacksonville-Houston both will be terrible this year. That was a very bad week. What? That was a good game nonetheless. Yeah, Anywhere and uh, Spence, I just got to say one more thing before you move on. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Um, I know I went completely Cleveland right there. Yeah. I totally forgot that Indianapolis <laughs> was a football team apparently. So, um yeah, uh, this was just not a very good matchup. I just, I mean, Russ instead, it's pretty much unstoppable. So you can only do so much as a, as a, as a Colts defense. Um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to overstep you, Christian. Um, but I mean, this was just not good. Not a good first game. Not a good first game for the Colts. Um. <laughs> And you're going to have your hands full next week. So I understand you about the same time. Like, are you taking Houston seriously? Do Does any AFC South team look competitive to you? Dude, none of them do. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, this was not a good game for the Colts. But, but I'm saying the Colts aspect, look like they are the best team. You yeah. Know, we talk about this with the NFC East. And... Uh, the NFC East last year, someone had to make the playoffs. Washington did. This oh, may so be basically uh, the same exact thing with Washington. You know, with you know the NFC East being bad and the AFC South being terrible, where okay. somebody's got to win the division. What I'm seeing, the Colts look like they're the best. Could the Titans make adjustments and figure stuff out? Absolutely. I mean, and it's not like we're saying Arizona is a terrible team. Chandler Jones is, by God, amazing. And, you know, J.J. Watt, even though I think he only had, like, one sack, he still caused pressure to get Chandler open. Like, Arizona, even though we all say that a fourth, you know, they're the worst team in that division, they're still a lot better than a lot of other NFL teams out there. And they're possibly, you know, a wild card team for if they were in any other division, honestly. I mean, they could just okay. all four make it, and we'll get to the NFC, uh, the West, later on. I do want to move on to our uh, debut of a new segment on the show. You know, best game. Uh, we're all just gonna go around say what game we thought was the best. If it's the same game, you know, that I guess tells you something about what we all thought was a really good game. Uh, we don't need to necessarily break down each other's game necessarily. Uh, I'll go on first. Best game. You know, going into last night. Monday Night Football, I was thinking it was going to be that first game, you know, Dallas, Tampa Bay. But by golly, that Monday Night Football game between Baltimore and Vegas, it lived up to the hype. Like, I didn't know what to expect going in. But uh, if you didn't watch it, you know, Baltimore, Vegas, went to overtime last night. Uh, I actually decided to tune into the Manning cast of the game because I wanted to check it out, see what if it, how different it was going to be. And I, I was very impressed. I, I listened to the second half of the, the Manning cast. They had, you know, Travis Kelsey on, Russell Wilson. In the first half, Charles Barkley was on the cast. So, I mean, if you get a chance to check it out next week, uh, even if it's for, like, you know, just 15 minutes or so, highly recommend. That's just my takeaway there briefly. But, you know, in the um, 
Ravens, you know, Lamar, as good as, as much as we all love Lamar, he had two fumble losses, including one in overtime that was very costly. Three. Um, for sure. Um, you know, the fourth quarter, it's going back and forth a bit. You know, teams trading touchdowns and then field goals. Uh, Daniel Carlson for the Raiders hit a 55-yard with just a couple seconds to go to force overtime. Then while they're in overtime, uh, it looks like that Derek Carr ends the game with a touchdown pass. But then on replay, he's the guy's ruled a yard short of the end zone. Then they uh, they run a play. They get stuffed. A false start moves him back five yards. So they're in a passing situation. He throws an interception. This after the team had, like, you know, Celtics had thought the game was over. Uh, interception. So then, you know, Baltimore gets the ball. I'm doing like kind of a play-by-play uh, expedient here. Then Baltimore has the ball. You know, Carl Nassib strips um, Lamar Jackson. Uh, he fumbles it. And then at the end of the game, you know, Zay Jones gets wide open at the very end. Carr hits him 31 yards out. And, you know, Vegas – ends um, their first game with a full stadium in uh, Allegiant Stadium with the victory. That, I mean, by far, there was a lot, some good games. That game was my game of the week for this past week. Uh, Christian, what was your game of the week for uh, the first week of the NFL season? Even though I absolutely – I think you're absolutely right. I think Baltimore and uh, Las Vegas, they definitely, definitely deserve uh, – you know, game of the week highlights just because how just eye opening. Like Las Vegas, they look they look competitive. Baltimore, like we gotta understand, Lamar had a lot of pressure on him just because his top three running backs all have ACL injuries. Uh, yes, they signed Latavius Murray and Le'Veon Bell. They're not familiar with the playbook, so they had only one dude. I f- I do forget his name. He had the first touchdown of the night. Oh, Tyson Williams. Yeah, Tyson Williams. He had the uh, – and he's a rookie too. And, you know, he had the first touchdown. He was the only guy in the beginning of camp that doesn't have an ACL injury right now. So, you know, there's there was a lot of pressure on him and Lamar to get this win. I did not think this was going to be a blowout. I thought it was going to be a really good game. But, you know, give credit to Las Vegas and even Baltimore. You got to – you still got to keep your head up. That was still an amazing game. Las Vegas just played a little bit better. My game of the week is based on defense. I am a defensive guy. I love a great defense. And I think one of the best defenses in the National Football League, it's up there in Washington. It is with the Washington football team. And it's not, when you look at it, it's 20 to 16. And when you look at the box score, Brian Fitzpatrick, I mean, he got hurt early. And Taylor Heineke had to come in. And then Justin Herbert, he had 337 yards. He did really good. Well, he had one touchdown. Oh, they must have ran real well. Uh, not so much. He only had he had 29 carries for 90 yards. Yeah, that's only three yards a game. So, defensively, Washington shut down, just shut down Los Angeles. The only reason Los Angeles was able to beat him was because of the early of the late score in the fourth quarter, and that's what got uh, Los Angeles over Washington. And I think it's the game of the week because of this. These two teams, we have you know we have a bet going on Dalton that Washington is a division winner or a wild card, and I think Washington, what I've seen, 
Washington is going to get better defensively, but the question is, how is the quarterback play going to work? You know, should Washington call up San Francisco and ask about Jimmy Garoppolo? Should they call up uh, Chicago and ask for Nick Foles or Andy Dalton? Washington needs to get the quarterback position right or just a good mediocre player because that defense, that can hold on to Los Angeles. Washington has a better quarterback than Heineke and Fitzpatrick. I think they win that game. I really do. Their defense is solid enough. It is good enough to stop th- almost 350-yard Justin Herbert, who we all think is going to be a top-10 quarterback by the end of this year. Washington is stopping the Chargers. And the Chargers have a good, decent shot of making the playoffs this year. Did they lose? Yes. But Washington's defense put them on notice. They play tougher competition. They play their division. I'm telling you right now, Philly's not going to score 32 on them, and Washington may only score six. Philly's going to get stomped there. You know, Dallas, is Dak Prescott going to throw almost 400 yards? Against this defense, I don't think, you know, maybe, but they're probably not going to score on them. Like, they are a very, very, very tough team with Ron Rivera at the helm. So, I think the game of the week defensively, Chargers, Washington. A little out of the ballpark, but yeah, it was a very good game. I just, I was watching Red Zone, so I saw the highlights from that game. Definitely enjoyed seeing it coming through. Dalton, what was your game of the week for week one this year? Uh, for week one, probably would be uh, the Bengals and Vikings. I, I like that one. I was watching it in real time. And, uh, yeah, man, it came down to the wire. I get to see uh, Joe Burrow connect with Jamar Chase again. As you know, we loved it so much at LSU. And they thought, why not bring it to Cincinnati? So, uh, it was good. And uh, Joe Burrow, despite being sacked five times, he was able to get his team the win. Can you imagine getting sacked five times and that still being so able to bad. win that the game? That line is so bad, Dalton. It's so bad, but Joe Burrow is so good, fellas. He is so good. And guess what? He's kind of like a Band-Aid. You know what I mean? Like, you got a boom that's pretty bad, but, like, you can you can find something to, like, clean it up a little bit. And, you know, like, I'm no medical expert, but, like, Band-Aids and cast, like, those are pretty good things. And Joe Burrow's a pretty good thing for this Bengals offense. So, I think this was pretty much a good game of the week. And I'm looking forward to Zach Taylor, the head coach, and Joe Burrow having many more games to come together. Um, they, they were already making good headway last year until Joe Burrow was knocked out of the season. Um but I'm excited for this Bengals offense. I really am. Jamal Tra- uh, Jamar Chase on the outside, Joe Mixon in the backfield. Keep in mind, the dude ran for 127 yards yesterday on a Minnesota defense that maybe, in quotation marks, had a better better defense than last year. I mean, they did pick up Patrick Peterson, and uh, what is it? They still have Daniel Hunter on the on the defense. I mean, I was expecting that defense to be pretty well. In fact, I was actually looking on the 
other side at Cincinnati's defense, and they only held Dalvin Cook to 61 yards. What is going on? Are we in, like, some alternate universe? I thought Dalvin Cook was going to go off against them. Cincinnati's going to be a surprise team this year, fellas. I'm, I'm watching them very, very closely. Yeah, I mean, again, another overtime game. You know, Evan McPherson walk off, Bill Go, almost a tie. Would have been crazy if that happened. Um, now for the biggest surprise of the week. It can be both either positive, either negative. Take this how you guys want to take it. Uh, for me, it wasn't necessarily that this team lost. It's the fashion that they lost in. And I, I don't want to bring it back to, for Christian's sake, but I will just because oh, that's how the Packers getting blown out to the Saints was not something any of us saw coming. You know, we did our picks last week off the air because we did our whole preview episode. We weren't going to bombard our audience, even though you guys might love it. So we all had the Packers. We all had all the same picks. But we all thought Green Bay was going to win this game, especially with the game being moved to Jacksonville because of Hurricane Ida, moved from New Orleans to Jacksonville. I don't even know. I, I like Jameis Winston more than some people. I know people want to dog on him for his 30 interceptions. I think he won't do as bad as he did. A little surprised with how well Jameis played, but just Green Bay just not being – like Aaron Rodgers, like Christian said, looked like he was checking out of the game. Uh, Jordan Love got some run. I was at one point kind of hoping Jordan Love would throw a touchdown just to see the overreaction from some fans saying that, oh, Love threw a touchdown, Rodgers didn't. You know, it would, it would it, Nothing seriously there because, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a lot better than Jordan Love. But again, and again someone's probably a point last year – in the middle of the season, New Orleans went to Tampa Bay. They played. New Orleans won that game, 33. Tampa Bay didn't win the Super Bowl. Now, Tampa Bay has uh, Tom Brady. Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers. We'll see if that uh, turns. I do not think that Green Bay will play as bad as they played this week. I don't, I don't think it's possible for Aaron to have two bad games in a row. But, okay, we'll have to wait and see. But Green Bay losing in the fashion they did, getting blown out, was uh, my biggest surprise of the week. Dalton, what was your biggest surprise from week one? Um, I'm not going to do Christian like that. No, oh, I ahead. can't. I, 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 go ahead. Christian's like the sacrificial lamb tonight. I mean, Spencer's just taking full advantage. Um, I, I, I'm not going to do him like that. Um, Are you good? Go ahead. I'm good. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You know, I, I'll save you for next week because I'm not sure what's going to go on <laughs> next week. Um, I'm telling you right now, if, uh, if that happens, I'm done. I'm done. If you lose to the Lions, <laughs> your season. It's in very you know, big But anyway. I can um, show you. My Monday night, the, the, the Raiders and Ravens game. Um, uh, gosh, where do I start? Um, well, I didn't expect the Raiders to go out and score 33. First off, um, I didn't think their defense was – how can I put this? Eccentric, electric, feeding off a home crowd. It's I not- didn't know that there was such thing as a pass rush um, in Las Vegas. Um, I was surprised that Lamar lost two fumbles last night. I mean, this guy – I have so many questions that cannot be answered right now, um, especially while we're live. But um, I have questions on both sides, to be honest with you. But 
I was surprised that John Gruden and Derek Carr were able to pull it off yesterday. Uh, I thought that the Ravens had it once. Once um, they went out to that fourteen zero lead, I was like, "Oh, this is good. This is good for Lamar. Lamar can play with a good with a with a lead. He'll play very very well." Like y'all, like all they got to do is run the ball, do some read options, yada yada yada. Pass to Mark Andrews. I mean, get the tight end involved. You know, Hollywood Brown, those boys. I mean, the defense can just relax. Uh, Ravens defense can just rush the quarterback, get there. Um, but I, I mean, I was shocked. I was shocked last night. To be honest with you. Okay, Christian, your biggest surprise from Week One. Man, I got a, I got a couple on my mind. I got a couple on my mind just feel because. Feel free, tell us all of them. I think uh, just have two. Number one, the Cincinnati Bengals with that offensive line, instead of drafting a, I think a really good tackle in Penasol out of Oregon, they draft Jamar Chase, and Jamar Chase got a touchdown. Congratulations, you actually can finally catch a ball. Uh, when the actual games count. Awesome that you can do that now. But Cincinnati still won without a premier offensive lineman besides Jonah Williams. I think Jonah Williams, he's not the best, but he's solid. So it's shocking to me that Minnesota, we bought all this hype, that Minnesota was going to be the second team in the NFC North to really go after Green Bay. I watched that. I watched the entire game while I was at work, and my buddy Alex and I—I I was just watching that movie. I'm uh, movie watching the game and thinking, Minnesota—they're not playing very well because Kirk Cousins, give him credit, good quarterback. He actually had a lot of time in the pocket, yet couldn't make a decision downfield. Cincinnati's built a ru- real nice secondary. With Jesse Bates at you know the free safety, so Cincinnati won that game with an okay defense. They almost lost it. They did almost lose it, but in the beginning, they did really well. They stopped Kirk for the most part, you know, in quarters one to three. They just have to finish. So that was my first surprise, and the bit and the biggest surprise in my opinion, we all crap on him, Sam Darnold won his first start with actual weapons around him. Yes, was it 19 to 14? Yeah. Like they kinda they kinda hit a little plateau in the second half. But I'm looking at the game, I'm looking at the stat sheet, and I'm thinking Sam Darnold, who was a top ten uh, top ten pick uh he was a top ten pick in twenty eighteen. He Goes in, you know, goes to New York, doesn't do very well. He goes to Carolina, 24 to 35, 270 yards, one touchdown. He have a, he had uh, a rating of 102. That's pretty solid. So you're gonna tell you're telling me that it was all Sam Darnold's fault in New York, and then you look at Zach Wilson, and it's like not a bad stat line, but at the same time, the offensive line they they had Makai Becton. And Elijah Vera Tucker. So Carolina's like, okay, we're not going to go to the left side. We're going to stack him on the right side of that offensive line. And that's exactly where they got most of their sacks. Six sacks to him. Sorry, Zach. 
But this is what I was talking about. I think Sam Darnold was really good. You all, you, uh, <laughs> you, both of you, and other friends outside of here, y'all tell me Sam Darnold was trash. Sam Darnold gets Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall. He's going to do just fine. I think Carolina, yes, they only scored 19. They will do better, I think, once the season goes along. I think Sam Darnold would be a most improved player. He actually has weapons around him, a good coaching staff around him. He's going to do something. So that's my big surprise is Sam Darnold played like he was a top-10 quarterback when he was drafted back in 2018. Yeah, good, good, good points you make there, Christian, for sure. On to uh, Christian, you suggested this to us having an overrated, an underrated player or team, however you guys want to take it. Uh, I'll go player this week. For me, my most overrated player was Derrick Henry, seventeen carries, fifty-eight yards against the uh, Arizona Cardinals team. You know, Chandler Jones. You know, he had a fantastic performance. I could easily put him in my, you know, underrated guy. But I know Chandler has played a high level. But, you know, Derrick Henry, you know, 2,000-yard rusher last year, only 54 or 58 yards on 17 carries. Very uh, un-Derrick Henry-like performance for him. Maybe it's just because Arizona's, you know, front line on defense is very good and they can get the pressure there, but I was just not impressed with that. Um, underrated, there's a couple. Sticking with this game, Kyler Murray. I like Kyler. He played a lot better than I thought he would. But another guy, Tyrod Taylor, and I think it's just because he's on the Texans. And the Texas team seems to be very depleted of talent. But, you know, Tyrod, he has had some success in the NFL. It's just, you know, unfortunately what happened last year in L.A. with the Chargers and him losing his job because of a punctured lung from a training staff guy. Um, But Tyrod, he impressed me a lot this past week with the Texans going out for what he did. I'll beat against a Jacksonville team that's not going to be very good. But that's uh, my takeaways from this week. Derrick Henry, pretty overrated. Tyra, a little underrated. Just something to watch going forward. Christian, you're overrated, underrated player team. Take it how you want. It was your category, so I'll let you go first. My underrated team. This is interesting. We have all thought Dallas could possibly win the division. You know, they have a they have a you know little say in it. Dalton and I have a bet with the Washington football <laughs> team and New York Giants. I think the most underrated team is the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, yes, they play the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, they won by 26 against that Atlanta team. But Jalen Hurts played like something was just on his mind. Like, everybody's kind of thinking, Philly may have to draft a quarterback this year. Philly may try and go after Sam Howell. They may go after Spencer Rattler. They may go after... You know, any other quarterback in this year's class, especially at the first round level. Jalen Hurts played like his job was on the line. Like his reputation was on the line. And he went out there and he balled out. He went to Atlanta and, you know, with a good team. You know, everyone's thinking Atlanta's underrated. Really, one of those teams where it's like, Okay, you say Washington's got a great defense. You say Cowboys have a great team on paper. New York could possibly be a dark horse. We're just out of the ballpark. We won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago with Nick frickin' Foles. 
and we are going, you know, we're just a dog trash team. We're going to prove you wrong. Now, can this continue? Maybe, maybe not. But Philadelphia is my underrated team for week one. The overrated team, and maybe this is because their defensive coordinator did leave to go to the New York Jets. It was the San Francisco 49ers. Jared Goff threw over almost 350 yards in that game. Yes, were they behind? And yes, did Detroit, you know, have a um well, I think it was like a 23-point comeback. They they were they only had 10 points and like San Fran was going, you know, they were they were dominating. Like, I'll give them that. But you you sub out Jimmy Garoppolo just to get Trey Lance a touchdown in you know beginning possession. Okay. And then you you know, we all talk about your great defense with Nick Bosa and Ruben Foster and how can this team possibly get better. San Fran won by eight, but we're all talking about San Fran can compete with LA. San Fran could possibly win a division. What I saw from LA from the Rams and what I saw from San Fran defense, the Rams would eat San Francisco up. Because Detroit, they have nobody. They got nobody except TJ Hawkinson. They got nobody. Jerry Goff's a quarterback. Yay. We none of us think he's a top fifteen quarterback in the league. Sorry. San Fran is overrated just because we all thought they dominate easily, but they but they let up and they almost and almost cost them a win. Detroit was almost a division leader in the NFC freaking North because San Fran let off the gas. And is it because Robert Saya left San Fran to go to the New York Jets? And I think he's going to do well there, but doesn't not great debut for him. But is that a possibility? Yeah, the defense looked a little bit soft in the second half. But San Fran is overrated because they almost lost to Detroit from a comeback. Yeah, I mean, you laid out some good points there, Christian. So, we'll have to see going forward how these teams adjust. Dalton, you're overrated, underrated, player, team, take it how you want. You're on the clock now. All right. Um, I'm going to start with underrated. Um, who's over? Who's ready for overreaction Tuesday? I know I am, um, <laughs> and I've come to play, fellas. I'm gonna say the Houston Texans. Ah, oh, gasp! Oh my <laughs> gosh, he did not just say that team. Oh my gosh, what is going on? This man is gone crazy. Uh, you guys are big Trevor Lawrence fans, right? This Houston Texans team picked them off three times. I can't imagine getting picked off three times by what is supposed to be the worst team in the league. Oh, my gosh. Brandon Cooks had 132 receiving yards. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is at quarterback? Wait a minute. He didn't have any interceptions, did he? Nope. No. He didn't. As long as they don't turn the ball over, typically, that's that usually means that they'll win, right? Right. Mark Ingram at running back, I like that. Uh, Philip Lindsay at running back, I like that. I is that 
David Johnson. David Johnson at running back. Yeah, like that was that. in that D Hop trade. From I like that. Years ago. Houston receiving Danny Mandola. He had five catches that over the weekend. Yeah, including a touchdown. Oh my! Yeah, including a touchdown. Oh, get out of here. He did not. Oh, but he did. Chris Conley. Oh, David Johnson had received. Oh, he did not. He did. He did. What is going on with this Houston team? Oh, what their defense? Is that Desmond King? Didn't he used to play on the Chargers? Isn't he a solid corner? I think yeah. he is. Christian uh, Christian Kirksey. Um, Christian uh, Kirksey. Are you are you a fan of Kirksey, Christian? I mean, he has my name. Yeah. So I'm going to be a little bit a fan of him. Yeah, you are because he used to play in Green Bay. And was he a he good did. player? I think so. I think I think I think so. Is that Cunningham? He's, he's a good player. Vernon Hargraves. Uh, two pass deflections. Uh, he was pretty good over the weekend. Justin Reed. Uh, where does that name come from? Uh, isn't I mean he's he's a good safety. I thought uh, they got a nice little squad here. Uh, in the AFC South, I mean, Christian, you were preaching earlier about how it's one of the worst divisions in football. As far as I'm concerned, the division's wide open. And wait a minute, hold on a second, hold on, wait a minute. If I, am I, am I right that who's leading the the division right now? Oh, the Texans are leading the division right now. Uh, uh, that's you know, fellas, I wasn't sure if my math was right, but my math is right. Uh, this is interesting. I'm going to be watching a lot of Texans games this season. If you put up 37 points, I don't care who you're playing. This is, I mean, I, I, this, I mean, this is a revelation. I mean, I'm, I'm having a blast like that. I have to, I have to keep this Houston Texans team in my back pocket for future references. Cause this is, I mean, David Culley, I don't care who's the head coach. As long as Tyrod Taylor doesn't turn the ball over, they get it to Brandon Cooks, Danny, uh, Danny, in the, in the slot. You run the ball with Mark Ingram and Lindsey and Johnson, like three-headed monster. I mean, you can run it for fifty times. I don't care. You don't turn the ball over. You create turnovers. Run the ball, and you might win the game. I'm just gonna say that. Like that's. I mean, I'm no expert at football, but that seems like a recipe for a winning football team. Uh, okay. Yeah. I felt like that went pretty good. Um, uh, <laughs> that was nice. Yeah. Uh, as far as overrated, uh, it's gotta be the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, that's, uh, what happened this past Sunday is tragic. Absolutely tragic. Um, in fact, I felt so wrong and so belittled, uh, at the fact that the Atlanta Falcons, led by Matt Ryan, only put up six points. Their head coach is Arthur Smith, who was with the Tennessee Titans last year. And Derrick Henry's in their backfield. Well, granted, Atlanta doesn't have a Derrick Henry. But, uh, I mean, this was just... uh, I mean, I felt like shedding a few tears for the Falcons fans. I really did. Like the, I mean, battle of the birds was not a battle at all. In fact, it was, a, oh, it was a crime scene. Um, yeah, for the Falcons and, um, oh my gosh, the Eagles, the Eagles are on my watch too. Oh, I'm watching them. I'm watching them fly, fly, fly to the top of the division. You hear me, Christian, to the top of the division. 
You bet on New York. Don't change it now. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Hey, guess what? I do not have to pay a penny if the Eagles win the division. Fly, baby. <laughs> Neither Keep do on I. flying. Why? <laughs> Keep on flying. We can go back. I got receipts. I know you got receipts. We can go back. We literally recorded this whole conversation uh, last week. Yeah, the whole bad. Exactly. No. <laughs> exactly. But those are my uh, two underrated and overrated teams. All right. Thank you. Uh, other stuff before we break down our uh, picks, I do want to just kind of make some trivia from this past week. Two divisions saw both the, uh, all four teams going to feed it, both located all the way out west. AFC West, the you know, Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers. NFC West, you had the 49ers, Rams, Cardinals, and Seahawks. All of them won their games. Um, so, th- again, that's crazy to see that. I mean, obviously, it won't last forever because, you know, division crossover games, you know, in the same division. And then, uh, Christian, your boys, NFC North, you know, the Lions, the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears. Oh, my. All lost. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, exactly. All went 0-4, or 0-1 each. They, none of them won a game. Obviously, that's not going to last forever. But uh, that's just something crazy that we had that happening. I mean, some divisions it couldn't because, you know, Patriots, Dolphins played. That's the same division, so that wasn't going to happen that way. But and that's just something to – a little news and notes right there. Kind of cool. At least I thought. Uh, Christian, you want to say anything about having two divisions undefeated, one division with nobody that's won a game yet? Um, I wish the NFC North wasn't, you know, on that, you know, undefeated or defeated the <laughs> list because I thought, you know, we could have beaten New Orleans. We didn't, but, you know, I thought. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, like, we all know the NFC West has, you know, the best teams. I feel like that's the best division top down. Um, the, you know, in the AFC West, you know, we're, we're all kind of high on, you know, the Chargers and the Chiefs. Raiders and uh, Broncos, they look like they can be competitive this year. So, you know, you know, they, those are going to be, you know, the top divisions to watch uh, as the season goes on. So, it'll be, it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. Uh, Dolan, you have any uh, quick thoughts on those, uh, those statistics I just laid out? Not surprised, gentlemen. Not surprised. We got the best divisions in football coming out and on display in week one. And the the mediocre to bad divisions coming on display in week one as well. Um, I don't have any more to say on it, but uh, let's keep it rolling. Go Rams. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. Another thing real quick. Um, you know, we had five rookies, t- five quarterbacks taking the first round. All of them got some action on Sunday. Not all of them started, but all of them were responsible for a touchdown. You know, Justin Fields ran one in for Chicago. Trey Lance came in for one play, threw a touchdown early in the game. Mac Jones started. He had a touchdown pass. Trevor Lawrence started, had a touchdown pass. Zach Wilson started, threw a touchdown pass. Um, So, again, I don't know what we'll see going forward. I think, you know, Chicago wants to run that Justin Fields package and goal line. Trey Lance back at some looks from – um, you know, San Francisco, so, and maybe they'll start by the end of the year. We'll have five guys who all, you know, they it, it all look really cable though. Like as much as we want to, uh, you know, shoot down Zach Wilson, it was not a good, great performance, not a, necessarily a good one, but he was okay. It was really okay. And I like that. Um, I will say with Trevor Lawrence, you know, we all, he got all the hype and deservedly so, 
and he still threw three touchdowns, but he also three interceptions. Trevor was not – I mean, again, this week one, still a long way to go. But Trevor Lawrence, slightly under uh, – slightly disappointing for me. For just That's my takeaway on it, week one. Um, Dolan, your thoughts on the rookie quarterback's week one performance? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to harp on Trevor Lawrence anymore because I felt like with that last topic, I just did the man dirty really – like a lot. Like I, I don't want to do that again. So that being said, I'm just gonna leave him off to the side because Jacksonville is a little bit eh. So um, yeah. I mean, you can you can only expect um, you know what happened this past weekend. Like that's really the expectations were not to really be blown away, but that they were gonna fit. Um. The Chicago Bears seem to have a star. I shouldn't say star. That's really early. Um, but we're here for the early bird special. Okay. <laughs> star. Uh, I mean, I, 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 do, I do recall watching Justin Fields when having Aaron Donald rushing at him in the face throw a completion to Marquise Goodwin. Um I recall him running a read option in for a touch. I don't see why the Bears don't start him this week against the Bengals. I don't see why they do it. Um, Zach Wilson. I mean, that was what we what we thought was going to happen. Trey Lance. That, uh, this whole starter in, starter out, put the backup in. Like, like are we trying to like show everyone that we have a backup quarterback who can throw the ball or run it? Like, are we trying to give the viewers what they want? I'm not so sure. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I like, I'm thinking, like, why don't we stick to one quarterback for the entire season? Now, hear me out. I know it's kind of outlandish. Hear me out. One quarterback for the entire season, and that's your starting quarterback. I know, mind blowing. I think Trey Lance should start uh, in San Francisco like halfway through uh, just because, you know, Jimmy G is going to fight for it. I mean, you know, he they play, I mean, they did play against the Lions, which that's a stat padding game within itself. But um, like you can never you can never rely on Jimmy G's health to be uh I mean, like, never his health to be like, I don't know, like, he's going to stay healthy for all 18 games. So you might as well just throw Trey in there. I mean, he's right behind one of the best offensive lines of football. And the whole point of the offense is to run the ball. So it's not like he's got to throw it for 50 times. As for Justin Fields, uh, David Montgomery had over 100 yards this past weekend. Uh, I mean, if Matt Nagy is coming from the Andy Reid tree, the West Coast offense, that eh, should be fine. Justin Fields should be okay. He played at Ohio State. He's not stupid. He think he knows his football. He knows how to read defenses. Throw him out there. See what they have in the man. And I think he can do it. But those are my takeaways. Okay, Christian, uh, your quick takeaways from the rookie quarterback performances week one. Um, 
I mean, let, let's go down the, you know, chart of, like, where they were drafted. Number overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. Um, I'm not going to kill him because it's Jacksonville. If this is a good roster like Pittsburgh, if this is a good roster like um, like the Colts, if this is a solid team that needs a quarterback or quarterback isn't a question mark, I feel like if Trevor does the exact same thing, I feel like, all right, Trevor, you got to get a little bit better. I know it's your first game. You got to get better. And here's the thing. If you're a, if you're a first-round quarterback, you're going to be – you're going to be given a, a couple of games. Like, okay, for Trevor, especially because he's number one, all right, it's your first game, you're good. He didn't do He didn't do bad. I mean, 330 yards, three touchdowns, yes, three interceptions. But at the same time, I mean, yes, he's got to read his defenses better. NFL defense is different from college. And he mostly played in the ACC. Like, ACC just doesn't have the best best amount of uh, defenses in recent memory. But, um, you know, he's got to do better at that. Then when you look at Zach Wilson, he did a fine job. His offensive line definitely needs to be improved. But, Makai Beck and Elijah Vera Tucker, they did fine. It was everybody else. <laughs> so, that offensive line has to get fixed. Trey Lance, kind of what Dalton said. If you if you draft a quarterback, more than likely, and especially high top five, you want that guy to start. You want him to be the guy moving forward. So I think they should move on from Jimmy G as a trade line, as a trade deadline comes near. Then you have Justin Fields, who was traded up. Uh, Chicago went from twenty to eleven to uh, get Justin Fields. Justin Fields should be the starting quarterback. The fans absolutely loved him in Soldier Field when they played uh, Miami, maybe, in the preseason where he really uh, took off. The fans loved him. The fans want him to start right now. They're not going to say, okay, win us the Super Bowl this year. No, that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. It's a little ridiculous, too. <laughs> that's a little ridiculous. But, I mean, Chicago, Philly fans – they're kind of interesting. Like, their expectations, you know, your number one overall pick, okay, you need to win the Super Bowl MVP. You need to win five Super Bowls by tomorrow and go. Um, that's just Chicago and Philly fans for you. But for Chicago, we know this offense isn't tremendous. I mean, David Montgomery and Allen Robinson, they're good at back and number one receiver. Offensive line is kind of – kind of meh. It's not a unit yet. Uh, and their defense looks very solid. I mean, Khalil Mack, Eddie Goldman, uh, Eddie Jackson in the back, you know, in the secondary. They got a good team, good defense around them. Just put Justin Fields in. And they're playing Cincinnati, and they barely beat Minnesota. So I think Chicago really stands a chance if they allow Justin to play. Uh, and the last is Mac Jones, Patriots boy. Um, he did very he did very well as well. You know, this is a Miami defense, you know, coached by Brian Flores, who I've, you know, really thought Brian and I still think that I still think so. Brian Flores is a really good coach. He made Miami, which was a tank team several years ago, and he's making a viable uh can you know possible playoff contender 
this season uh, with Buffalo in that division and New England. But, uh, you know, they're, you know, obviously they own a tiebreaker over them. But, you know, I think the quarterbacks have done a solid job. There's not one quarterback I think did a bad job. Trey only had like, I think, like five plays at most. So it wasn't a ton to look at. But uh, they all did solid for their roles. And I think it's going to continue. Now, you know, only one came with a win, Trey Lance. Woohoo. He only had like five plays, like I said. So they all taken a loss. They all understand the NFL is a bit different. You know, you, you're not at Alabama. You're not at Clemson. You're not Ohio State anymore. You know, for Zach Wilson, BYU was a good non-Power uh, 5 team. You're not at, you know, these big schools anymore. You're in the NFL with a bunch of 30-year-old men who all are fighting for the same same thing, which is a uh, Super Bowl ring. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I forgot about Mac Jones. Sorry, Spence, but <laughs> so many things running through my mind for a minute. I thought that, you know, since Mac played so – how can I put this? So poised. I just thought that he was a veteran. You know, I totally forgot that he's a rookie. Uh, I was watching him play and I was like, this man's playing like he's been playing for 10 years. I mean, he, I mean, he, his, his mannerisms, like, they make me, they remind me of Brady. Like, it's crazy. I think Mac Jones is probably the best fit for New England. The dude didn't even want his touchdown ball. He scored a touchdown to Nelson Aguilar. Nelson tried to give him the ball. He hands it back to him. Hands it back to him again. Mac Jones gives it to another player. I mean, Mac Jones, once he's on the field, it's all business, baby. It's all business. He's trying to win. He's trying to go back to the bench, look at the film, get back on the field, score, trying to win. If not for the Damian Harris fumble, I think the Patriots would have won. But it's just just that big – Maturity. What'd you say, Spence? It was definitely possible, but yeah, we'll never know. Absolutely. Out. Yeah, I know. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Can't live in that. But anyway, uh, well, on Mac Jones, like you said, his poise seventy four point four percent completion percentage, six best for week one. Russell had the most seventy eight percent completion percentage. All right, now on to what everyone's probably looking forward to is our uh, previews for week two. Like I said, this year we're going to choose five games. Uh, I'll do kind of the majority of the picking, but, you know, I'll leave it up to my co-host. If there's a game that they see very intriguing, we'll, um, you know, we'll debate, we'll discuss, and we'll preview that game. Last week we had five games. We all picked the same exact thing. I just sent a text out asking for their picks. They're like, yeah, just put me down for the same thing. We went two and three last week, so hopefully you're not basing your gambling decisions off of our predictions. Uh, I said Christian last year with uh, the NFL, so he's going to try to go for the repeat again. We're going to start off with Thursday Night Football, and I only picked this game because of the ongoing bet that we had that they established last week. The Washington football team taking on the uh, New York Giants. Um I'm just going to say, I'm going with the Washington football team. I think quarterback play is going to be very, very bad this week, honestly. I think we'll get, like, a defensive battle. Um, I like Taylor Heineke a lot, especially after what happened in the uh, playoffs last year. The game is played in uh, at FedEx Field. 
home of the Washington football team. Take that how you want. But 820 kickoff Thursday. I got the football team. Dalton, I know you picked the Giants to win the division, but how do you see this game going down Thursday night? It's going to be good, fellas. It's going to be good. Um, I'll be watching this game uh, very closely. Um, I'm not going to shy away. I'm not going to shy away from picking the Giants, okay? I know it's week one, and they lost against the Broncos, which have a better defense, mind you. Um, they have Teddy Bridgewater, who doesn't turn the ball over ever. Uh, has something about him. He just never turns it over. Um, that's fine. You know, we all, we, have, we, we all have our bumps in the road, um, but it's what we do when we're down, all right, whether we can get back up for that seventh time that really shows everyone who we really are. And so I think the G-men pull off the dub this weekend, uh, led by a Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley offensive attack on the Washington defense. I think it's close, though. The spread's only three and a half. And I think the Giants will cover. Is Saquon going to play this week? Do we know yet? He is questionable. But by God, and I'll be sending my prayers up the entire week that he'll be ready to play on Sunday. Because he, yeah, so he missed week one, but again, it's week two. It could be completely different. We'll see how it goes. Uh, Christian, your uh, prediction for the football team and the Giants. I know you had the football team as a division. That's how the bet's going. How do you see this game going down? Um, I just want to say, you know, we don't talk about a bet, Dalton. We, we probably don't cover this game, honestly. Yeah, no. This is the Chris, This is the Ernst Bishop uh, rivalry. It's the Giants and <laughs> what the? Uh, football team game. It's the uh, Bishop's team and Ernst's team. So, <laughs> uh, I think Washington is going to win this game, not because of the bet. Like, I think it's going to be more of a defensive battle. The spread is three and a half. Well, uh, New York could absolutely cover in this game, but it, it does come to quarterback play. Does Daniel Jones do enough against this defense to, um, to make this team win? Now, I think we all can agree if we had your choice of two quarterbacks, Justin Herbert or Daniel Jones, I think we all, maybe not Dalton, uh, I think we all pick, I think Spencer and I would pick. Are you serious? I think we picked, like, you love Daniel Jones. I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I didn't say he was better than Justin Herbert. Now you're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> well, I mean, you what love are you New, doing? You love New York, so I'm thinking, okay, you love Daniel Jones more than anything. Get get out, bro! What the? <laughs> you guys like this guy threw four four interceptions last week. He had one touchdown, no picks, and a rushing touchdown. I'm, I'm hey, just... I never said he was better than Justin Herbert. Oh my god! Well, well anyway. Christian, I'll let you continue, bro. I'll 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 let you continue. Okay, just continue. So I think Washington wins this game, and if Washington can make Justin Herbert's team. Only score 20 points and just really shut them down once they get into the red zone. They they have a really good shot of just stomping wash uh stomping New York. Now the quarterback play is key. Taylor Heineke is 
you know, going to be the starting quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick will miss around six to eight weeks, which midseason, you know, we don't know how Washington's going to end up. Could they be, you know, a four? Could it be four and four, five and four? You know, could you know? Can they be like six and two? Who knows? You know, who knows how good Washington will be at that time? So the quarterback play has to be better. Now, like I said, if they lose this game, I think they need to make a call to Chicago and to uh, Chicago, Miami for Jacob Brissett, uh, Chicago for Nick Foles or Andy Dalton, or San Fran for Jimmy Garoppolo. They need to ha- – like, they are a Super Bowl – not Super Bowl, but a division-winning caliber team and possibly a dark horse to win the Super Bowl if they had – uh, a you know a above average quarterback, so I think Washington does take this game because of how their defense played last week and how you know like I, like I said Dalton's favorite player Daniel Jones. He's, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, but uh, I don't think Daniel Jones does enough. We saw him not do well against Denver, you know. How can that transition against Washington? So I got Washington in this game. All right. Now, Christian, let me let me ask you this. After week one, one week of football, which defense is better, Denver or Washington? Washington. Oh, ooh. Okay. After one week of football, I I don't know why I put and, in, I don't know why I said and wait you know, a I Denver as New York for a second. Honestly. Wait a minute, yeah, like like honestly, I was like you forget uh, that Denver has Bradley Chubb, Don Miller, Don Miller, and Patrick Sertain and Justin Simmons, and um, <clears> I think um, and I like think, one of the best cornerback duos in the league, and their secondary is pretty good and. No. I would Uh-oh. still say I would still say Washington, even though they allowed 300 yards in the air. We still have, you know, this guy's in his second year, but he's already one of the best pass rushers in the game, and that's Chase Young. You look at the you look at that defensive lineup. You got Chase Young. You got Jonathan Allen. You got the Ron Payne, Montez Sweat. All these guys are absolutely going to just kill you up front. Um. And then you got Tim Settle, who's a veteran defensive tackle. He's pretty good. Matt Ioannidis uh, is a really good backup defensive lineman as well. Then you look at the linebackers, John Bostic, Jermon Davis, Cole Holcomb. They're all pretty good. You got a you got a solid secondary with Landon Collins and Kendall Fuller and William Jackson the third. Was he great in Cincinnati? No, but he's a solid, you know, he's a solid cornerback. Washington, even though they, you know, they bend a lot when it came to Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. They still held them to 20 points. And, yes, Denver's defense did hold New York to 13. But which which is more impressive, holding a really good team, really good offense to 20, or kind of a meh offense by 13? To me, personally, how can you allow a team to score three times on you Who's just an okay offense, and you you stop the team, you know you only and again in the game against uh, the Chargers, it was the last second, you know it was the fourth quarter touchdown, 
it was a fourth quarter touchdown. It was towards the end of the game. That defense was tired. You know, I'm not saying like, oh, you know, it was a bad coverage or it wasn't, you know, a bad play or whatever defense called. But at the same time, Washington held their own for most of that game until the very, very end. So I think Washington's defense is a lot better than Denver's. Maybe not a lot, but in this case, better than Denver's. Okay. We'll see you this weekend. We'll see you this weekend. On to our second game of the day of our, uh, no, it was one o'clock kickoff. Sunday, our second pick. Uh, I'm going to defer to Dalton. You lead us off here. It is your L.A. Rams traveling to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. So, Dalton, you lead off the discussion for this one. All right, fellas. Um, Great to have you all here. Um, uh, First time leading the discussion. Not really a big discussion leader, but I guess because it's my team, I'm going to have to. Uh, Thanks for the segue, Spence. I know you're always looking to give us some ample time to lead things every now and then. Much appreciated. No problem, buddy. Um, So, my boys, the L.A. Rams are traveling from Los Angeles um, to the great state of Indiana, Indianapolis specifically, to play their beloved Colts this weekend, led by Carson Wentz and uh, Jonathan Taylor. Um, this is going to be an interesting matchup for sure. Uh, I know just right off the bat on Eric Fisher is questionable. Their tackle starting tackle is questionable. Xavier Rhodes, their starting corner is questionable. Um, as for my team right now, David Long, the same cat who had the interception last week is questionable. And Sebastian Joseph Day, a run stopper in the middle of our defense right next to Aaron Donald, is questionable. We'll see if they play this weekend. Right now, the spread is looking like it's going to be minus favor of my my, my team. Um, but you know, you know where I'm going with this. You know, I think I think this team is only going to get better as the season goes on. I know the Colts have a good defense. They really do. They have a good defense. DeForest Buckner, like Darius Leonard, like, dude, these guys are great. But can they stop the fireworks that are coming to Indianapolis? It ain't even the 4th of July, baby. And they bring in the fireworks. I'm telling you. Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Jackson, Daryl Henderson, Cooper Cup had had over 100 yards last week. Robert Woods had a touchdown. Tyler Higby. And that offensive line is not bad, neither. Now, they're going to have a tough matchup for sure. But what is a good game without good, tough matchups, right? I think this is going to be... An offensive, uh, how can I put this? Shootout. Uh, it could be. It could. Be, it has potential to be a shootout. Um, my only concern is when Jalen Ramsey shuts down Indianapolis's number one wide receiver. Who are they going to? Who are they going to? Darius Williams had four picks last year. Who are they going to go to? Go down to the third option. Robert Rochelle played yesterday or this past weekend. Third round pick out of 
Oh my gosh, was it West Alabama? I think he played Trey Lance or something like some some you know in in college like some you know like a small town school. He had a pass breakup that was game clinching, but that's that was only one play. The very small sample size. They very they have a next man up mentality. The Rams do, but I think that they're going to cover the spread. And I'll take them to win. It'll be a very interesting game, my one. And I'm very excited for this. All right. Um, my pick, enough said. I think the Rams, that offense is just too high power. Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup. I mean, we can we could have discussed earlier how bad the Bears secondary was. I don't know how Indianapolis secondary looks on paper. I've done my research that far. But if Cup's destroying the Bears, I mean, the coast will probably be better, but I still think Cup's going to get open and do some damage there. So I got the Rams in this one. Christian, how do you see Rams-Colts going down Sunday? Uh, I think we're all in unison here. I think the Rams are going to uh, take this win against Indianapolis. Um, I thought the Bears have a – I think the Bears have a solid defense. Uh, I don't think the Colts really do. I think the Colts are okay defensively with Darius Leonard uh, at the mic. But do I think they're going to be, you know, stopping L.A. anytime soon? I don't think so. I think L.A., um, I think Matt Stafford, and, you know, I personally believe, like, Matt Stafford is a great quarterback once he has talent around him. When he had Calvin Johnson around him, my goodness, like, if they had, you know, uh, two other, you know, B-plus receivers, that offense was firing, you know, in Detroit. And now that... Matt Stafford has a great offensive coach, great offensive weapons, great defense, so he doesn't have to worry about playing catch-up all the time. Matt Stafford can actually chill for once in his career um, since being in the NFL and not have to worry about destroying his arm every single game. So this game against Indianapolis, it could possibly be a shootout. Carson Wentz, you know, did okay against the Seattle defense. Um, you know, has a good secondary with, you know, Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs, but can they consistently, uh, you know, just be a beat? Like, honestly, the Colts could go 0-5 this year, like uh, at the beginning of this year because of their schedule being so tough. So I think the Rams do take it, you know, just because the Colts, I don't think, or I think they're just reverting back because of their quarterback play and their defensive play. Thank you, Christian and uh, Spencer. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for letting me delegate this conversation <laughs> or what have you. I'm throwing it back over to you, Spence. Hey, whenever we're discussing your guys' favorite team, I'll let you guys lead the discussion because I know you guys know a lot more about your teams than I do. Um, I, I thought Sunday's slate was pretty uh, sub subpar, so there was a few games I was trying to debate which ones to pick. Um. So, if these games aren't necessarily interesting, um, bear with us. So, we're going to go with the Tennessee Titans and the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Um, You know, the game's going to be played at 425. Tennessee traveling to Seattle. Uh, Seattle's back home after their win over the Colts. I think, you know, the 12th man finally back in attendance in this game in Seattle at uh, Lumenfield, as it's called now, after the game bought out last year. And Tennessee just looked so lost to me last week. And like I said earlier, I'm not a 
big fan of Derrick Henry this year, at least through one game. Maybe he'll bounce back and, you know, prove me wrong. Again, I don't want to react just one week. But it's in Seattle. I don't think I need to say much. It's September. You know, Russell's going to have uh, amazing performance. Tyler Lockett has that. That connection between Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett might be one. Of, it's one of the best in the NFL. It's top five, top ten. You guys can, you know, if you want to debate that all you want. That's another discussion for another day. But I, I love that connection a lot. Probably my favorite quarterback receiver duo, my favorite personally, um, seeing that out there. So I'll go with uh, Seahawks winning this one. Christian, how do you see the Tennessee Titans-Seattle Seahawks game going down? Um, I feel like the Tennessee Titans are going to bounce back in the sense of they're going to look more competitive. When you look at the defensive fronts of, of both the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals, you have Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt on the edge. Uh, you got Xavier Collins, who I uh, don't have the stat line on me, but I would assume he, if he did blitz, he pressured up pretty well. When you're comparing the Arizona defensive front to the Seattle defensive front, I don't think it's very comparable. Uh, can any of you guys name a Seattle defensive lineman besides Carlos Dunlap? Now without looking it up. But I'm also not caught, like familiar with Seattle's roster. That's just me. not without looking it up, and this pains me to say because I played them twice a year. Yep. So Carlos Dunlap is the only defensive line to actually have a Pro Bowl. Al Woods, who's been in the league forever, no Pro Bowls, but he is a defensive. Uh, he is a defensive tackle, and then you got Rashane Green and Puna Ford. That is your defensive lineup. We've heard none of these guys. These guys aren't jumping out of the front page. You know, yes, they have Bobby Wagner still, which is still, you know, he can still, you know, he's a top 10 inside linebacker in the league. He's still a very, very good backer. And then at the will, you got Jordan Brooks. And at the same, you got Cody Barton. And you got Jamal Adams. You got Quandre Diggs. That's safety. And you got Trey Flowers, who's a very solid corner. You've got a good team. You know, secondary wise, but up front, Derrick Henry, yeah, he's got big boys to come after him. But I feel like Derrick Henry, after hearing all the criticism, especially fantasy fans who, like, I hate people who talk about fantasy, like, oh, you're terrible <laughs> because you're my fantasy team lost. Like, dude, like, I hate, I just hate fantasy people. Sometimes I do. I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that, Christian. Like, like, Derrick Henry is probably still, even this terrible game, I, I'm sorry, Are we? Are, is he a human being? I think he is. Just yeah. like all three of us here. We're not going to be like, heck, maybe tomorrow, you know, knock on wood, you know, tomorrow may not be my best day. Spencer, tomorrow may not be your best day. Dalton, tomorrow may not be your best day. <laughs> Don't jinx me now. Don't jinx me now. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to have bad days where at work – or at school, you know, we, we may have an exam that may not go so well. We may have a quiz. We may have, you know, an issue going on at work doesn't really benefit us. Derrick Henry is still a top three running back. And, that, and, like, you can't argue he's not in the top three. You can't argue that. He's had two back-to-back rushing titles. He is he trucks over people. He stiffs on people into the next year. You know, sorry, uh, what was his name? Josh Norman. Yeah, Norman. Bills. 
Like he just sent him to net. He sent him to twenty twenty two. So and you got Christian McCaffrey and you got you know um, Jeremy Hill and you got uh, Jeremy Hill. Joe Mixon hasn't been in the league in years. I'm thinking Cincinnati, and I thought Jeremy Hill for some reason. Did you say Christian McCaffrey? Did I hear that right? Christian, do you have the ability of Christian McCaffrey who can who caught the ball for over 90 yards and ran the ball for over 90 yards? Okay, I'm sorry, you're going to be up there. I don't think you said. I didn't think you said ability in front of Christian McCaffrey. I thought you just said Christian McCaffrey. He is still (laughs) one of the best running backs in the league just because of what he can do. He's not a dominant back like Derrick Henry because I think if you put Derrick Henry one on one with Christian McCaffrey, Derrick's going to kill Christian. <laughs> but I'm saying for how you know just the ability of Christian McCaffrey being a threat outside and being a threat inside, like he is an app. Like I think he is definitely in the top three conversation. Derrick Henry had a bad game against a really good, like really good defensive front of Arizona. I think they bounced back against Seattle. I do, however, think Seattle will win this game because how good Russ is always how good Russ is in September. He always starts off hot, and then we get into the conversation. Okay, you know, several weeks in, you know, injuries set in, fatigue sets in, uh, game plan stuff sets in. You know, how do you stop Russ? You know, and DK Metcalf. And uh, Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson. How can you stop those guys? I think Seattle takes this dub, but I do think it's a high-scoring uh, game, and I wouldn't be shocked if Tennessee scores a bunch on them, just because Derrick Henry could actually bounce back against this weaker defensive front compared to Arizona. That's it. That's a, I did was the overlook that element, Christian, for sure about Derrick Henry. I'm just overly critical of him because I know his, what his ability is. And again, he's still, like you said, he's a person, deserves the benefit of the doubt. He has one bad game. Don't overreact that much. Dolan, your thoughts on the Titans and the Seahawks? It's going to, I think this, I think this might be, this might be another game where it's going to be a shootout. Um, but, fellas, in life, um, there are certain times and certain points where, you have got to take those risks. Low, sure. Everybody loves those ones. Low, low key, just not losing very much. Middle of the ground, oh, we're getting somewhere. The high risk. Now, now that, now that is where your money is either made or you crumble to the ground. This week, I have my first risk. Pick of the season, gentlemen. I am going to pick the Tennessee Titans in upset fashion to beat the Seattle Seahawks at their house, led by Derrick Henry. A Derrick Henry running attack with Christian. Thank you for bringing up that defensive line. I totally forgot, even though my team plays them twice a year. I totally forgot there's their only Carlos Dunlap and what those. Bobby Wagner at the second level, and then Jamal at the third. Quadre is at the third, I think. Yeah, Quadre there. But, like, I mean, the Titans have Julio Jones. Who's going to cover Julio Jones and A.J. Brown? Nobody. And, (laughs) And 
the Titans' offensive line, granted, last week was not a good week. But, um, I mean, if we're only dealing with one star along the, along, along the defensive line, that should be good. They should be able to get back to their running attack. I mean, they were embarrassed last week. They have they they can only go up from here, right? Yep. I think I'm gonna take the Titans to win in upset fashion. Very close though. Very close. Hold on, let me see the spread real quick. Let me see the spread. I'm thinking Seattle minus Seattle four by is my five guess. and a half. Seattle by high. five and a half. Gosh, Man. that's a lot. Yeah, and you're going outright victory there. I'm so. going outright here. Uh, yeah, I'll take Tennessee. I'll take Tennessee. Um, I don't think Seattle covers the spread here. All right. Uh, next game, I kind of get a deal. I want to use normally within the time frame frame that their games are taking place. But uh, 1 o'clock, we have the New Orleans Saints traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Um you know, the Saints looked really good week one. Carolina, like Christian mentioned earlier, Sam Darnold, who we all – I've at least been very critical. I'm not a big fan of Sam Darnold, and that's just a fact. I don't think I'll ever be a fan of him. I do, however, wish him success. I don't want him to necessarily be bad now because I'm the Jets, but that's a side tangent there. Um, that being said, it is a division rivalry game, and division games are so hard to pick because these teams see each other twice a year. They know each other inside and out. You have Matt Rule, who's a – Young coach, but he's has a little bit of success so far in the NFL. You have Sean Payton, who, you know, if Jameis Winston's coming out and doing what he did against Green Bay, that team has a chance. They might win the division, which is going to be it's, and not out of the realm of possibility because the Saints won the division last year with Drew Brees, who you can say was limited a bit. That's a side change. I'll get off of that. That being said, this weekend, I think Christian McCaffrey will have a very good game. But I, I like Jameis Winston. I, I'm glad to see him having success. I don't think we'll get lighting in a bottle twice. I think he will regress a tiny bit. I don't think we'll see a five-touch of performance from him. But I think Jameis will do enough to lead a victory over the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. Dolan, your, uh, uh, your thoughts on the Saints-Panthers? I think this is going to be this is going to be uh, tough just because let's spend something you've alluded to. So eloquently, uh, uh, so you know, like eloquently, um, it's a it's a it's a divisional matchup. Um, I think. Oh my gosh! Give me, give me the Saints uh, to win. Put me down for the Saints to win. Um, I'm I like the Panthers. I really do. But after last week's slaughter fest, sorry, Christian. I knew I said I wouldn't do it right, again. I, I had to. I understand this is my team, but I like I get it. Green Bay sucked ass, but you don't have to apologize <laughs> to me. I understand. We get you know New Orleans. Oh, that's good. Okay, okay. Uh, after last week, uh, I'm not sure New Orleans has a weakness. Um, I think they'll win outright here. All right, Christian, how do you see this game going down? Uh, I think this is the, uh, honestly, I like, I like this matchup because I can see both teams winning. I can see the Panthers upsetting New Orleans, but you know, and, and by the way, 
Like, this is just going to just crap on my team more. Jameis Winston won this game by 35 points without Michael Thomas. Like, can we, oh, I forgot. Like, can we, like, acknowledge, like, Michael Thomas, who's also, like, a top five wide receiver in the league at full health, is was not in that game? Yeah. And yet they destroyed us? <laughs> like, yeah. Thomas this, will be playing for a bit because he's on a – he got put on the COVID list. Maybe he's still injured still. He is injured. Like, and, and, here, and here's their receivers, and I'm just like, oh, my goodness. They have Marquez Callaway. Deontay Harris, Lil Jordan Humphrey, Ty Montgomery, who was a former running back for us, and and Chris Hogan. Hogan, leaving lacrosse. Chris Hogan. Yeah. That, oh, that's their receiving man. core. That is their receiving core. And then their tight end is Adam Troutman. Like, they do not have – Don't forget Juwan Johnson, his two touchdowns. Juwan jo- yeah, Juwan Johnson's coming through, man. He's, oh, he wasn't, he's not on this list, so I didn't even even. – Oh, yeah, he's a backup tight end. Um. But he, like he like they do not have the name like the eye popping name receiving core that they usually did, and Jameis Winston came in and solved them. They have a really good offensive line now. Taron Armstead, Andres Pet, uh, Ryan Ramschek. Now Eric McCoy is doubtful, so Cesar Ruiz may uh, get the start. But that's a very solid offensive line against a very good defensive front. With Brian Burns, um, and with Morgan Fox on both on the edges, you got Shaq Thompson, um, and you got uh, my guess, uh, Hassan Reddick at, at you know at the linebacker position, uh, and the South Carolina kid, I cannot remember his name. J.C. Horn. Uh, no, the defensive lineman. Not uh, J.C. Oh, very good. Coach. You mean Derek Brown? Derek Brown, that's who it is. Derek oh, Brown went to Auburn, but that's not. Oh, I thought there. he went to South Carolina, honestly. Um, but uh, Derek Brown and and JC Horn that's a really good defense you got to go up against. And they did do a uh, some kind of cat blitz, which is basically a corner blitz. They did a you know a couple corner blitz with JC, so that that offensive line is going to have to deal with a really good defensive front. And you know, Jameis Winston, you know. Can he have a good game? Yes, but it's going to be a really tough defense, in my opinion. And then when you look at the opposite side with Sam Darnold, he's got Cameron Jordan to deal with, Marcus Davenport to deal with. Um, you know, inside they got Christian Ringo, Quan Alexander, Demario Davis. Great secondary with Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Williams, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, Bradley Roby. They got an incredible defense in New Orleans, and I don't. And I think Sam Donald. It was a revenge game, so of course he did well. But because I think it was really a Jets problem, he's going to be better. But the second game of the season, we may see normal Sam Donald, and I'm going to take the Saints in this one. I think that Panth- uh, the Saints defense is going to just overwhelm Sam Donald. Uh, with pressure in his face, because that offensive line is not the greatest offensive line besides Taylor Moten. Um, I think New Orleans Texas win uh, pretty handily. All right. On to uh, Sunday Night Football. This is our final pick of the week. We have the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore got to play Monday Night Football. Now they're going to play Sunday Night Football in their home stadium, M&T Bank Stadium. Um, you know, the Chiefs, 
they struggled a bit against the Browns, but they pulled through when it came mattered most. Baltimore, you know, they led for majority of the way, but then they didn't come through in the clutch. So a little tell of two cities with both those games there. I don't think we'll see Lamar fumble again like he did last week with two fumbles. Um, I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. I think we can get that. Mahomes, Lamar, two of the best quarterbacks in the league, despite even like – you don't even need to say two of the best young guys. These are two of the best quarterbacks in the leagues. Both guys have one MVP. Mahomes, obviously, with the Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP. Um, I love Lamar Jackson a lot, but I just think that, you know, Mahomes – with Tyree Kill, who had 197 yards, uh, which led the league in receiving yards last week, I think that that deal was just really unstoppable at this point. And even you had Travis Kelsey in and slot tight end, wherever they want to line him up. Uh, it's going to be a very tough day for Baltimore. And like if if you saw the end of the Raiders game, Zay Jones got wide open. You let Tyree get open, it's it's game over there because he's just got the speed to kill anyone. So I'm going with the Chiefs, but I think it will be a shootout, though. Christian, your uh, thoughts on the Chiefs-Ravens Sunday Night Football? Um, guy, man, you know, you know I love my boy Lamar. You know Lamar, like I, you know, any Louisville, top Louisville player, um, I always want to cheer for. But, man, I don't know if I can – I don't know if I could think Baltimore is going to win this game, especially handedly. Maybe I think it's going to be a shootout, and I think they, you know, could make Kansas City run for their money. But I'm looking at that secondary, man. Like, I don't think that secondary is very good at all. I mean, Jimmy Smith is, you know, he's injured. Marcus Peters is on IR. Uh, their secondary, Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott, I don't think they're elite safeties. I think Marlon Humphrey is going to deal with Tyreek, but what about Travis Kelsey? What about um, you know other weapons that they have in Kansas City? You know, Kansas City may get like a random, you know, kind of like a Tom Brady, a Walmart grader, and he's going to be a great receiver with Patrick Mahomes throwing in the ball. They don't have a consistent pass rush. Like, yes, Brandon Williams and Kalias Kimball are really good, but like you know, and and Justin Houston is absolutely, you know, going to be in Patrick Mahomes' face. But in my opinion, I don't think that secondary can handle uh, the great receiving core that Kansas City does, you know, that has. You know, Tyreek Hill, he's a great receiving core. He's just one dude because he can line up in the slot. He can be outside. And Marlon's got a long day ahead of him because if he gives him to another dude, Tyreek is going to leave him in the dust. So, I think Kansas City has this game just because the weapon, you know, the matchup between receivers and secondary, it, it's overwhelmingly going to Kansas City. I, I will say you mentioned the uh, up front, the pass rush there. Patrick Queen had a sack last week because, I mean, there was a gap that opened up for him. He went up the middle, got to Carr, and got a sack there. That's just one thing I remember that stood out for me. In that game. I don't know how much Queens will be blitzing, though. Dolan, your uh, thoughts Sunday Night Football, how do you think that game's going to go? Um, I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, my only question is, with the Chiefs defense, it's very opportunistic. So, like, when they get a turnover, you can put seven points on the board. 
Like, you know that Kansas City is going to go down and score. Lamar had two turnovers last week. Uh, he lost both of his fumbles. Now, if he keeps up the ball security this week, Mahomes is going to go off. The Kansas City offense is going to go off. Run them right out of the building. Uh, I hope this game is close. I'm watching for this Ravens offense because they have to get on track ASAP or they are going to dig themselves in a hole that I don't know if very few can get themselves out of um, because Pittsburgh seems to be A-OK. Granted, it's week one. And Cleveland, despite the loss last week, seems to be okay. Uh, they just need to tweak a little, tweak some things. I'm gonna pick the Chiefs, man. I'm not gonna go against my 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 my, my boy Mahomes. Like, why would I? Guys, you know me. I'm I'm gonna pick the Chiefs. I'm ride or die with the Chiefs. Uh, in the in the AFC. All right, that is gonna do it. I mean, this was a. I think this episode might be longer than last week's preview episode. We had a lot to discuss. Uh, I enjoy having these conversations. We all, I mean, we all bounce ideas off each other well. We have this great chemistry. I, I'm enjoying making the pods. But thanks again for sticking with us this long. If you made it this long, you obviously enjoy the content we're providing for us. Um, if you are, like, again, subscribe to us, follow us, whatever uh, podcast service has you do there. And uh, like I said, thanks for tuning in for Out of Bounds. As always, I'm Spencer Brown. I'm Dalton Bishop. And I'm Christian Ernst. So thanks for tuning in and enjoy the rest of your day.